Welcome to Mood Readers, a book review podcast where three friends conquer their TBR list, eventually. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mood Readers Podcast, where we ditch our bras and our filters. I'm Nora, and I'm here with Jane and Emily. Say hello. hello. I did. I just want to say for the record that I still have my bra on. I hope that's okay. I do too, but if I'd known it was ditch your bras night, I would have taken mine off immediately. We could have planned ahead. I think I took mine off as soon as I entered the house today after running errands. So you guys are boring. I didn't didn't exit my house, therefore (laughs) Ah. I I wasn't able to enter in (laughs) Debra. Okay, tonight we are playing Would You Rather. So we each have a Would You Rather. All right, let's start out with Jane. Oh, give me my Would You Rather? Yes. Yes. I'm very prepared for this. Excellent. (laughs) Okay, everybody listen up. Yesterday was Harry Potter's birthday. Oh, yeah. It's the Battle of Hogwarts. Shit's going down. Our beloved school is crumbling around us as the Death Eaters, who are misunderstood, are coming to take over. Neville Longbottom rushes up to you. He's like, hey, we need your help. We need you to join a skirmish. You can only join one skirmish. Two are happening simultaneously. You can only join one. You join one. You lend your magic to that skirmish. Everything works out beautifully. That group lives. Everyone's fine. Unfortunately, for the other group that you don't join, a beloved character dies. Ah! So Neville runs up and he's like, help me. Hermione, help me, Emily, help me, Nora. We have two factions fighting, and we need your help. You can join Professor McGonagall, or you can join Molly Weasley. Who do you rush to help and save Hogwarts, who lives, and who do you abandon to die mercilessly by the Death Eaters? I feel like it is uh, my duty to take upon myself to warn our readers now that Jane is the Slytherin in our group. Clearly, <laughs> because only a Slytherin would put us in that kind of position. Exactly. <laughs> Why would you do that, man? Would you rather save oh. Professor McGonagall or save Molly Weasley, who mothered <laughs> you and nurtured you and was there for you when you needed a mom? Or Professor McGonagall, who How do we know that you. she... How do we know that she mothered me? You're Harry. You're Harry. Oh, I'm Harry. Okay. Yeah. I forgot about that part. <laughs> <laughs> this is some messed up next level Slytherin bullshit. Like, hey, which Gryffindor would you, beloved Gryffindor, would you rather see die because of your lack of assistance? That like is my nightmare. My overthinking Ravenclaw nightmare. You know? Uh, I think I'm going to go be on Molly Weasley's. <laughs> Nora has killed Professor McGonagall. Stop! No, I did it. But left a mother of seven redheaded children. Yes. Well, soon to be six. <laughs> um. Do okay. Do I get to see fictional Nora run to the aid of Molly Weasley before I make my decision? No, you're each Harry Potter. Yeah, we're Harry. Remember we're variants. We have parallel universes yeah. happening. Me as Nora you know probably would have made a different decision. Well, okay, so I'm going to say that I can't remember who McGonagall was personally battling. 
I know that Molly Weasley was battling um, Bellatrix. Bellatrix. Yeah. Who was McGonagall personally face to face with? She was out on like the courtyard, I think, with like uh, the big knights in front of the school. Yeah. Magicking them. If, yeah. If I, well, I, I remember the desks very vividly. Okay. So I'm going to say that if I'm Harry slash Emily, Emily and Harry's whatever, that McGonagall is really terrifying. And like she, you know, she's got that Dumbledore like. You have no idea how powerful she is. All you ever see is like the the mundane and the and the boring. But you, like when you finally see it, you're like, "Holy fuck! I gotta get out of the way." I would probably look at McGonagall and be like, "I need to get out of the way. She's got this under control." Like the desks are charging down the stairs. The knights are like throwing their axes around. Like she is terrifying and in her element. And I would probably go help Molly Weasley. And then I would assume that her herd of desk army would be there yes desks are clearly you can stand up <laughs> against death eaters you're correct they were okay. very impactful so, um, dumbledore's been dead and now mcgonagall's dead and no one is oh, left God. to take over running hogwarts except for you guessed it professor lockhart yay no. everybody you're welcome, right. Ron. Interesting, interesting. Just for the record, I would have gone to join up with Professor McGonagall and let yeah, Molly and well, go. Well, you know. They've got another parent. They're fine. <laughs> You're the Slytherin. Arthur Weasley is great. No, I wasn't going to put those babies through that. I'm not killing off Maggie Smith. Y'all are wrong. Yeah. That was, a, that <laughs> was, that was terrible. That was hard. That, that was, was so hard. hard. Very detailed. Okay, Next. Emily. Yes. Mine is not. Okay. <laughs> Mine is not to that level either. Mine is not to that level. Get prepare yourselves. It is not as good. Okay. Excellent. Would you rather Okay, would you rather A know that somewhere inside your soul you know that there's something more in this world. There's something inexplicable and 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 something that your your soul yearns for but like you just the whole world is just so boring and mundane and humdrum and there's just zero magic it's just dark and rainy all the time and there's mud everywhere and there's scary shit but there's just no magic and there's no beauty and prithian doesn't exist it's just a myth that you grow up hearing about but it's not real and your whole life is doomed to live in a mud hut and you know Marry the farmer's third son and probably die in childbirth. Or, <laughs> or would you rather that you find out that Prithian is real? Magic and beauty and fantasy is all real, but you have to marry Tamlin for the rest of your eternal life. Oh. Oh, God. Right? Am I forced to die in childbirth if I marry Tamlin? No, it's not a guarantee. <laughs> Let's just say that the, there's no birth control, there's no antibiotics, there's no hand washing, because Semmelweis hasn't been born yet. No hand washing, no antibiotics, no promises that you won't get blood poisoning, and certainly no um, epidurals. But you don't, it's not guaranteed that you're going to die. People, you know, have babies <laughs> in fields all the time. Or would you rather be Tamlin's, you know, hookup forever? So I have to be married to Tamlin forever. Forever. Your eternal life. There's no... Nope. Can I be unfaithful? Are you going to risk that? 
Yeah, I, mine is not as well thought through as, as Jane's. So this is mine, what I got. When mine I is not even it. as as this good as these. Hard because on the one hand, love rain, love mud. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like the third farmer's son or death by childbirth. <laughs> right, the nobody likes that. <laughs> on the other hand, it's Tamlin, the worst character. Literally. Ever written? No, because that's Professor Umbridge. Yes. Accurate. Um, not great. Not fun. Would make magic boring. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm choosing a rainy mud hut and the third farmer's son. Or the farmer's maybe, third son. Maybe you'll get lucky and, you know, it'll be fine. And maybe, maybe he'll be impotent. <laughs> a, a girl can dream. A girl can dream. I really think... That I would marry Tamlin and just hope that somehow, I mean, we can be married and then other stuff can come and like happen and I can be stolen or like, you know, whatever. We can stay married, but that doesn't mean that I have to be faithful or just generally, you know, care about right, Tamlin. You can make a secret pact yeah. by tattoo. Yeah. With a Lord right. of the Night Court. That's an yeah. Excellent point. I did not think that through. Um, <laughs> <laughs> More so than likely, would it would be his general. I would make a pact with his general, and somehow <laughs> he and his beautiful, big on wings would save me, and we'd live <laughs> happily ever after. <laughs> I love that. I also would choose Tamlin. So hard. I would be his bitch every night. I would close my eyes and think of England while staring at my silk bedspread or whatever. Uh, what do you call it? Um, canopy. Silk canopy. Thinking of England and how awesome it is that magic exists and I have a toilet that flushes. <laughs> nope. I will be in my mud hut. Thank you and good night. With your pride and like your dignity because obviously I have none. I'll be dead by like 26. It's a short <laughs> life. It was a hard life. <laughs> I'm experiencing the next one already. <laughs> and you, for eternity, are not allowed out of your house. That's true. That's, we're, uh, if we're, I'm real nice once a night, he'll probably let me out the next day. I don't know. See, that was her problem. She was all like, I want to go do stuff. She should have been like, oh, yeah, I love it here. You have fun, though. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mine is, mine is different than both. <laughs> So, would you rather lick Frodo's feet at Mount Doom? I'm already out. Or already done. Have sex with Peter Pettigrew. I would lick those feet. I'm already living. I'm already living in a mud cabin. Like I'm licking the Hobbit feet. I have no problem with this. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna complain about it a lot, but like, obviously, I'm gonna do it. That's just which ugh. one? Oh, I'm gonna do the feet, man. Okay. Yeah, I have some pride. I mean, Tamlin's not that bad. I think I would do the feet too. It would be the tiniest lick in the entire world. Yes, and very brief. And hopefully, all of the heat from Mount Doom would just like sanitize it. Like the yes. steam. <laughs> if I'm on top of Mount Doom, I'm already filthy. Anyways, that, I'm basically a golem at this point. <laughs> Very like, true. I'm Meagle. I've turned into like a little shell of a being. Like, give me them feet. 
<laughs> my precious feet. <laughs> Bonus oh. point if we can like throw Peter Pettigrew also into Mount Doom. Yes. <laughs> That'd be great. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Next up, we are going to review some books. I just okay. have to say that I feel like we've really learned a lot about each other. <laughs> if that would you rather? I agree. That was fun. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. We, we pointed out that um, Jane is the Slytherin and that I, Emily, am the Ravenclaw. Nora, tell us what you are. Oh, obviously, I'm a Gryffindor. Obviously. Obviously. I just feel like this is important information that we need to know. Our listeners need to know. Yes. Correct. Okay. It does inform our answers. It does. It says a lot. Okay, Jane, what are you going to review tonight? What you been reading? Okay. As a follow-up to last episode, I have now read books two and three in the Mindfuck series. Oh, Um, man. Book two, we... We quote Confucius for every chapter. <laughs> and, and book three, we are quoting Shakespeare for every chapter. So yeah, following along, we have covered Einstein, Confucius, and Shakespeare. So <laughs> some real high-level stuff happening. Book two ended on a cliffhanger. I immediately had to go to book three. I'm in it now. I just grateful for this book. It's my reality TV fix of the book world. It is serving its purpose, and I'm having a great time. So that was just my follow-up from last time. All right. Perfect. So this week, the book that I am throwing at you, and I'm throwing it as a yes, you should read this, is Book Lovers by Emily Henry. <gasps> Yay! It is so cute, so good. I did not think I liked contemporary romance. Like, you got to give me somebody with powers for me to be in it to win it. Um, Emily Henry has magic i guess i don't know she is just doing it for me i have previously read beach read which does not take place on a beach but it does take place at a lake the beach of a lake Uh (laughs) and so that book had sort of like as a subplot it had um a cult tie-in and i'm here for cults so that really hooked me in well book lovers is her third romance book I believe no I have not read people we meet on vacation thank you for asking no the answer (laughs) is no book lovers it is like a hallmark movie it's a hallmark movie it's a it's gonna be Christmas time soon we're gonna be in it to win it with these cheesy hallmark movies the premise is it's a hallmark movie you know the guy from the big city has to go back to his hometown to help out with like the local hotel because he's in a big hotel management company and they're going to buy this hotel hotel or a bakery or a Christmas Mm -hmm. tree farm. And (laughs) so he's going to buy at this hotel. And then when he's there, the hotel is run by the family of his high school sweetheart who he lost ties with when he moved to the big city. Um, They meet, they fall in love. The girlfriend back in New York is like, get back here so we can live our fabulous rich life in New York. And he's like, I don't love you anymore. I'm a small town dude now. And <laughs> so we're not buying this hotel. I'm actually working there now for the family and everything is wholesome. <laughs> you know, okay. you know, Hallmark movies. Okay. This book asks the question, what happens to the big city girl that he broke up with and left behind? Oh. That's, oh. That's our heroine. Did not see that coming. The book literally starts with her on the phone getting broken up with 
by a dude she was dating for like a year who's in like small town Texas. I think a hotel is also involved. And he's calling her and she's literally like, not again. This is like her fourth breakup where a guy has gone to small town America, (laughs) fallen in love with like the mayor's daughter and decided to start a life there while she's living her literary agent life in New York City. That's sort of the premise of our book. What happens to her? When does she get her Hallmark movie romance? So this was like a really cozy sort of read. You felt really safe because of, you know, that known trope that we know with Hallmark. Mm -hmm. Um, So Nora, she's our main gal, the literary agent. She is an agent for this author that writes this like breakout book that takes place in Sunshine Falls, North Carolina, which is a small town right outside of Asheville. So I was already hooked there because I love Asheville, North Carolina. Her sister, Nora's sister, Libby, loves the book. Huge fan of this book. And she's like, we should take a vacation and go to Sunshine Falls. Libby's pregnant with her third child, and she's like, I got to get out of the city. I got to get out of my life with my children and my husband. Let's take a sister's trip, go for a month, stay in Sunshine Falls, have a good time. A month. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Take me. (laughs) So they go to Sunshine Falls. Olivia comes up with this, like, to-do list while they're there. And it's like, uh, sleep under the stars, date a local, say, rescue a failing business. Like, it's all of our Hallmark tropes, you know, that we're going with. And Nora has been feeling some sort of distance from Libby. So she goes along, she plays along, and she's like, I'm going to get to the bottom of, like, our distance, what's really going on. We're going to revive our sisterhood, have a great time. While in this small town, at the local bookstore that never opens at the same time, because the woman who runs it, who also smokes a lot of pot, is, like, just (laughs) living the best life. And she's like, hey, man, we're open when we're open. That woman's (laughs) son, Charlie, comes to help out with the bookstore. Charlie is a book publisher or a book editor. And he and Nora know each other professionally. And so everywhere she turns in the small town, she keeps running into Charlie, her like nemesis from the oh, public yes. literary agent world. I see where we're going. You see where we're going. Oh, they even have, there's this one part in the book where they go to like the local city council meeting and it is straight up out of Gilmore Girls. It is a Stars Hollow <laughs> yes. city council meeting. Ooh. The crazy things are happening. People are standing up and yelling. I think there's snacks. I could be wrong. It is just, it's like literally everything I love. It's that Star's Hollow feel. It's set in a location I love. It's, I love the Hallmark movies, no matter how cheesy. This book had them all in a way that didn't feel cheesy and just sort of felt like safe and just like a really great space for two people to fall in love. So. That is Book Lovers by Emily Henry and highly recommend. Also, Emily Henry, she is really great at tension. So the two books I've read, she writes excellent tension. And when things finally happen, you're like, you've been built to that point. You're ready for it. You're good to go. Yes. Mostly telling you, Emily, that you should give contemporary romance a try. Wait, what? No. Good luck. (laughs) What? There's no powers. We just, we talked about that. Okay. We tried. We tried that. With the hypothesis. Do you not love Hallmark? Do you not love Stars Hollow? I do love Stars Hollow. I do not actually like Hallmark. I get really bored. Like, 
I can't, but I, but I love Stars Hollow. I would leave everywhere. I would turn down Prithian probably to go live in Stars Hollow. I would just do it right. Same. But yeah. Okay. All right. Contemporary romance. Fine. Whatever. I can do it. I was going to ask, like, while you're doing your synopsis, because I have heard that it is a enemies to lovers trope. Uh, Nora and Charlie are not friends. I would not necessarily label them as enemies, though. Is there banter? There (laughs) is banter. Okay. There's witty banter. I'm just not so sure that we would be like enemies. Like, I, you know, like, they're not trying to sabotage each other's career. You know, it's not like hashtag enemies to lovers no okay. but, but there they is, like there is a lot of witty banter okay. a lot of snark yes okay that's what i need in my life there's even a like quasi guinea dipping <gasps> yes that was one of the items on the list was to skinny dip oh so, yes <laughs> that gets brought in so clearly this is also a slow burn if you said there's a lot of tension yeah I would okay. say slow burn. I think uh, Beach Reed was pretty slow burn as well. Okay, um, that's my... I love slow burn. I'd rather have, have all the tension and bam! Than just lots of little bams in there. Yes. Last part I, of the book, I would say. I would also say that, you know, I am the one who is not into contemporary, but points for original concept. Love the concept. Yeah, I do too. What so how many happens to that nice girl? Like what, you know. So how many stars would you uh, rate this book? I rated it five out of five stars on Goodread. Ooh. I'm a generous star giver though. <laughs> but I really, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Books don't have to be, you know, like Pulitzer Prize winners for me to rate them five stars. So same. Emily, are yes. you ready? What yes. you been reading? Um, the highly anticipated part two. The highly anticipating, <laughs> anticipated, thrilling conclusion to Emily whines about good books that she read for fun that other people <laughs> made her read. Um, okay, when we last spoke, I spent like 15 minutes bitching about Crescent City by Sarah J. Moss. I don't know, man. Like, okay, so here's the thing. I finished Crescent City and I am standing by my decision to do two reviews about one book because the last 200 or so pages are essentially an entirely separate book than the first 782 pages. I don't actually, I don't know. I I do know that it's like 796 pages total. No joke, because I checked. Feel free to correct us on social media. Uh, Yeah, so I finished (laughs) it, man. I did it. I started reading. I don't think it's ever taken me that long to read a book. Um, Yeah, you're a fast reader. Uh, The audience audience should know that Emily is the one that intimidates the rest of us by reading fucking quickly. It's just because she reads at work. Don't tell her boss. The point is, it took a really long time. The audience to read knows this. that Emily is the boss of no. her job. It took a long time. And, I, you know, I think that I stand by my original assessment that Crescent City, you know, as coming from somebody who's literally never edited or written a book, I think it could have used some more editing. I said it. I think it could be about 450 pages shorter than it is. I think that I have read other books that had as good of world building, as thorough world building, that were shorter. And, you know, you can do the whole Hemingway thing. Why I'm not going to quote this exactly because I don't remember, but he was basically like, why would you say it in 200 words if you could say it in 10? Like, it's better writing to say it shorter. Boom. 
That being said, <laughs> the Hemingway did not actually say that. Somebody else can find the actual quote. That being said, I read the last 200 pages of Crescent City and it was like our queen, SJM, woke up one day and remembered that she was writing a fucking book. And she was like, <laughs> oh shit, what are we doing here? Let's go. And that, y'all, that was like the most intense conclusion to a book that I have ever read. And I don't really know... <laughs> I don't really know how to explain what happened without doing spoilers. So I'll say that like, you know, Bryce, party girl Bryce with a tortured past who's been through some trauma when her somebody passed away is on the case with sexy broody Hunt Athelar who has a dumb name that's fine because he's hot. Then he's an angel, but his wings are gray instead of white. So he's like, he's tortured. So they're trying to figure out who is running around Crescent City murdering people by proxy with a demon kind of complicated and it gets more complicated and so that's the part where i'm like okay then obviously there's sexual tension there i would not call it smutty they're hot for each other and that's real nice and i know i said this before but i do think it's hilarious that like one of the hottest moments is when he like touches her knee with his <laughs> knee and spoiler alert that's about all y'all are gonna get in this book that's about it that's the hottest moment. And then they're done. But, so they're trying to solve this case. The case doesn't get solved. Oh my God. And then the big twist. And now they're mad at each other for a spoilery kind of reason. And then they have to go to this big meeting. Well, Hunt does. Hunt has to go to this big, dumb meeting with all the fancy people. And Bryce stays behind. And it's so boring. It's so fucking boring. It's as boring as like a meeting that you actually have to go to. And so SJM is like describing all the different fancy dignitaries that are showing up at the meeting and Hunt's watching them show up and Bryce is back at work. And then all of a sudden, like essentially the author drops a bomb in it and everything happens. It's some of the most badass shit that I've ever seen. <laughs> like <laughs> crazy. I got the same kind of chills and like the same kind of like my eyes watered as when, um, if you know, you know, when I read the part where Daenerys gets her army of the Unsullied, right? If anybody remembers, I'm not going to spoil it. And also I can't remember if they talked about it in the show because I didn't watch that part of the show. But in the book, it is absolutely insane. So this character, like Bryce, I've already been pretty clear, like, She's fine. I get it. She's not really my favorite. Y'all, I would probably die for her now. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I think she, like, she still is who she is, and she's a very, like, well-drawn character, but, like, and I probably would never have wanted to hang out with her, but I kind of feel the same loyalty for her that, like, in college, a girl who you didn't like, but she held your hair back one night, and, like, <laughs> after that, yes. that's it. Right. Bryce has got drunk back. girl. She's got drunk girl bathroom loyalty. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. She has drunk girl in bathroom vibes. We would never get along in real life, but like, I got you. I am there for you. So, yeah, yeah this is not a. Um, it's not like a great review because I can't. I feel like I can't really say anything. I'm just saying. Yeah, suffice it that like she talks a big talk, and so for 700 pages, you're like, okay, yeah, keep talking, Bryce. <laughs> but the last 96 pages, she actually does some shit. And it's not its not pretentious or anything. It doesn't seem like we're, she's trying too hard to make us like Bryce. She's just the fucking baller. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that, I don't know, somehow, like, all the little boring, minute details and little petty political spats and ancient backstory that I do not care about came together for one of the most hardcore action sequences ever. And... I also think that, so before I was talking about how 
I didn't like it because I didn't feel like the romance. I didn't, and not just romance, like like hot stuff and romance. Like I wanted to get swept away in the magic. I wanted to be transported. And Crescent City is a world that is full of magic and weird shit, but also cell phones and surveillance cameras and computers and jobs and like you know taxes. Um, <laughs> and so it kind of like took away the romance for me. But this, the last hundred or so pages of this book were a totally different genre. And the genre was what if crazy, awesome magic shit happened in real life. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. Like that's, that was not the book that I was reading before. All of a sudden you have somebody like charging down demons with their, you know, magical star sword held aloft, like slipping on blood and body parts while their cell phone rings in their pocket. That was amazing. Like <laughs> that is not something that I read very often when magic shows up in the real world. And the last little part that was there and it was really, really well done. So I really like that part. I've been super bitchy about the rest of it. I started to read House of Sky and Breath. I don't know if I'm going to finish it. Like, I really liked how Crescent City ended. Nora is so disgusted with me. Uh, it's just <laughs> like, y'all, I it's might the look she, she gave you. I might murder you. If you don't read it. 801 pages. Listen, I know that Nora was right with Crescent City, but I'm prepared to bet that she's wrong about Crescent City, too. (laughs) No, that's not. I I have no words right now. She will murder you because the only time she has ever commented on any Goodreads review, any star rating I've done, was for Crescent City. And I gave it three stars because of that part, that chunk in the middle, that 500 500 pages that was so painful to get through. The beginning, amazing and fast paced. The end, amazing and fast paced. That middle section. And then they're going all these places in the city and I don't have that map in my brain. I don't don't care. Don't Don't tell me. I got you to me how they got there. I got you, but we're not even talking about that book anymore. We're talking about Crescent City too. No, this is I'm saying. I know Nora's going to go after you if you don't read Crescent City too, because she commented and she said, "How dare you do that to this book and give it three stars (laughs) on my own personal rating?" So, like, I did. It was wrong. I will not be publicly reviewing Crescent City 2 when I read it. JK, JK, JK. All of that stuff is important. And I cannot say much more than that. And there there are many, 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 many reasons why both of you have to read Crescent City 2. It gets so much better. I'm going to. What page does it get better, though? Because this one is four pages longer, three pages longer than the other one. I think just like in general, it's it's better. But I probably, it probably gets sexier and more about the third. Where are you in it? Oh, my, uh, somebody took my uh, bookmark out. So I'm like, like here. Oh, yeah. You need to get a little bit further. But that's where it starts. Like at that point, I feel like we're like, okay, this is, we're getting back into the world. But the beginning of that book, I straight up was like, who the hell are these people? Because we've, anyway, but that's, yeah. that, yeah. that's the second book. Um, <laughs> that's so. just how strongly I feel about <laughs> you people have to read it. 
I will because I feel that pleading in my soul. And as a people pleaser, I now have to go. Please excuse me. I'm leaving now to go pick up Crescent City to you. But see, mine is a library book and I've already had it for like three weeks. I had to buy Crescent City because it was taking me so damn long to finish it. Like, I don't, and I don't, y'all, I don't like to buy books. Yeah, you know. You're not allowed to um, borrow my book because it's a hardback and I, um, no. Yeah. That so, Emily. We never get it back. Emily, controversial question. Would you recommend Crescent City to someone? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Emily, voiced by Nora. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I think that, I, okay. I think I'm going to recommend Crescent City to the hardcore SJM fans out there who love her writing. She's amazing. We love her. And, like, she's all you want. And you have a broader acceptance level than I do where you're like, yeah, that's cool. Let's do taxes and cell phones. Love it. If you can handle that and if you can handle a really slow book for about 500 pages, then it will pay off. It will pay off harder. It's the best action sequence that I've ever read in any book, including all of the excellent SJM books that I've read. It's just the best. Yeah. So I would recommend it for specific hardcore fans of Sarah J. Moss. Take a chance on it. But if you are new to fantasy or romanticy, I don't think I would start with this one. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. And also Bryce, like, you know, she's my new friend. It's cool. Like, we're not going to hang out all the time. But if she needs me, there for her. She's showing up in stilettos everywhere. Everywhere. You, as someone who wears flats, you can't hang with people like that every night. I really can't. And I'm I would, also very we short. would be best friends. Yeah. Nora, you would show up in Stilettos right along with her. Yes. I don't know if I would. I feel like I am you would have just as comfortable. I, no, I you'd know. have some comfy wedge heels going on. Yeah. I would like barefoot drills. like if I could. I'm I'm living in a mud hut. I chose yeah, that right. life. I'm showing up barefoot. Licking toes. Um, Emily, since you mentioned it at least twice now, please refresh my memory. Do they actually do their taxes in the book? Do they talk about taxes? I feel like they did. I don't really <laughs> I know okay. there's it's like, I don't know, they talk about money and they talk about paperwork and like Bleh. you know, man. Like that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I can't remember if they do taxes, but there is like ownership of people and paperwork and stuff that that goes along. Contract. Or not people, but like yeah, characters yeah. or contracts. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And- no, some some people are owned, and some people, and it's like, oh yes, there's this very minute detailed contract from 600 years ago from the battle that nobody couldn't remember. But let me go into the details about it. Nobody cares. I don't care. Like, it's still, it's still a really good ending. So, and I realized that nothing I said was very detailed. <laughs> it's like, but you guys can attest, like, I can't go super detailed about it without yeah. just 100,000% spoilers. I would have to bleep out most of everything. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so that was our follow-up on our second half of Crescent City, the first one. Okay, so my review is on... Okay, so I have read in the past couple of months so many summer romance books. And my favorite one is actually a YA. Ooh. And I... So this is actually a review on... A trilogy. This is the Summer I Turn Pretty trilogy by Jenny Han. And I. Is she she the one who wrote PS I Love You? No, that's the movie. (laughs) 
to all the boys I've loved before is what yes. I was trying to say. Yeah. Thank you. Emily was nodding along while I blatantly <laughs> said yes. the wrong title. She did do P.S. What's the second one? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, P.S. I still love you. I still love you. Yeah. 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 So, yes. And I didn't read those books, but I watched those movies and I loved so them. And then I saw that she came out with a show for this series and I was like, okay, well, I have to read the books before I even attempt to watch this show. So I want to start out with this quote because I feel like this this book is just like, it's just very atmospheric and like nostalgia and just, ugh. So here's a, a cute little quote. For me, there was is nothing better than walking on the beach late at night. It feels like you could walk forever, like the whole night is yours and so is the ocean. When you walk on the beach at night, you can say things you can't say in real life. In the dark, you can feel really close to a person. You can say whatever you want. Okay, so we'll start there. Okay, so we have Belly. She is our main character. And Belly is short for Isabel. Thank you. I already <laughs> hate it. <laughs> I know. When I first when I first read like the synopsis or the description on the back of the book, I was like, Belly? But it's it's literally like like a kitty nickname. Like, like, it's Belly. Like, yeah, it's like a sibling nickname. Yeah. But I also, Nora, aren't you the one who brought us Brexley? Yeah, I am. Time, so. I knew it. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring this up. We need to keep a running tally of worst heroine names. Brexley. <laughs> I'm going to put Belly right underneath Brexley. <laughs> okay, so each summer, Belly leaves her school life and friends to escape to Cousins Beach. So the beach is called Cousins Beach. They have a beach house. It's her home away from home. But it's also filled with her favorite people, her mom's best friend, and her sons, Conrad and Jeremiah. Belly has been chasing Conrad for as long as she remembers. So now this summer, for the first, this is the first book, she hopes more than anything that this summer will be different. So I'm reviewing the entire, like the entire trilogy. So this is what you get when you read the trilogy. You get love triangles, Belly falls in love twice. You get high school, so the kids navigate high school to college, there's a wedding, and there's even a death. So you get all of that. I, there's not a lot I can say without spoiling, but that's just kind of like the gist of it. I adored this trilogy. I mean, I literally read all the book, all three books in five days. I stayed up one night and like the next day I told my husband, oops, I finished my book like in, <laughs> in one day. And then I was mad that I had to wait a couple of hours for UPS to show up with the next one. Um, <laughs> so you've got like, you've got the deeply nostalgic vibes of like first love. And for me, like my first, you know, high school love was in the summer. And so you've got like that summer love, you've got all the highs and lows of that. It's really suspenseful, not in like, not in like, you know, like a thriller way, but in like, there's so much tension. And you're just trying to figure out how it all ends. Like, how is this gonna work out kind of thing. And it really doesn't work out until like the last page or something. You, like, want to strangle people in it. And another thing I thought was fun, like, you love all the characters. Eventually, throughout the series, even ones that you thought were really annoying, they grow on you. Oh, I Aww. love that. So, like that. it's, to me, the entire series is a five-star read. I rated each one five stars. Would I 
recommend this to Jane? Yes. Would I recommend this to Emily? No. I know she's not. She is not going to read a YA contemporary romance. Uh, Did you even watch P.S. I Love You, but not that movie, but the movie (laughs) to all the boys I loved before? Ironically, no, I have not seen that, but I have seen P.S. I Love You with Hilary Swank. Completely different. It's very different. I also did not enjoy it. You know, you're right, or whatever, but the point is. I'm crushed. You haven't watched All the Boys I Loved Before? No, oh, guys. So good. Popular, like when the books came out and the books are really popular, I would like, I knew all about it, but I didn't read it then either. And then I didn't. I, I didn't know about it um, until the Netflix movie dropped. And then I watched it and it got me in all the soft parts of my heart that I don't show to other people. And yeah, I had a question for both of you then. Yes. Okay. So I think that I have some like personal issues with like high school romance. Like it makes me annoyed and like kind of icked not it makes me like mad and sad when high school romances work out and they're lovely and perfect and wholesome and innocent and sweet it bums me out so like are these the kind of books because i've read this somewhere before that sometimes like somebody was judging an, a grown-up for reading a ya book and they were like you know sometimes people read ya because it's kind of like helping heal their own high school experiences it kind of helps them process that and like get past it and stuff like that. So are these the kind of things that you're like, this would be good for somebody who is, you know, disgusted with young love? Or is it like, no, it's just, it's just going to make you mad. <laughs> like, um, this is just going to make you mad. Yeah, I think this series in particular would probably just make you mad. But there was a lot of things in it that I like identified with. And I mean, I was obsessed with this series, like listen to Spotify, you know, playlists about it constantly because I could not get enough of it. I mean, there's like turmoil and then they're also dealing with like real life stuff that happens. Like I mentioned, there's death in it. There's weddings in it. There's just, you know, life that happens with teenagers and none of that is like smoothed over as if this is just like a cutesy perfect little high school romance situation that's not this yeah so but I mean I loved it it was like a mixture between like reminded me of my first love but also some others in between so it was very nostalgic for me and I and I adored it and America agrees with you because that show is like super popular yeah, I haven't watched, you know, I tried to watch the first episode of the show before I was finished with the last book, and I yelled at the screen, that's not Belly! Because, <laughs> <laughs> and so, I haven't gone back yet. <laughs> I think I get really um, nostalgic for, like, high school love stories, shows that take place in, like, high school age years, because it was a version of high school that I never got. Um, going to very small town high school, you just sort of had what the town dealt for you by way of classmates and experiences and so for things like to all the boys I've loved before never have I ever even stranger things like I get really nostalgic in watching that for like man 
man, I wish I could go back to those times where you weren't paying taxes or being a capitalist and life was great (laughs) and have those experiences, not my own high school experience. Hell no. But like their high school experiences with their friends. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like nostalgic for something that you never had, but you wish that you had and maybe you deserved. And like, that's when I started to get angry. (laughs) I'm like, this That's is not the fair. difference. I don't get angry. I'm just like, oh, good for them. I'm glad it worked out. I wish it had been yeah. me. It definitely stirred up some, a little bit of anger, some angst, just kind of going back to little memories that reminded me of that and like, oh, why didn't blah, blah, blah. And how could he yeah. blah, blah, blah. But I also just really loved it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You also will, just want everything to work it. out. You want everything to work out yeah. for everybody. Aww, I want everything to work out for them too. Do you though? I do. <laughs> I do want it to work out for them. I'm just angry because like young, happy high school romance just makes me mad. Like, I don't know. I think I'm just that's like, fair too. Care. What? I said, I think that's fair too. Yeah. yeah. You, get, you get to be mad. But it does sound, you make it sound really nice. And like really comforting. So I don't know. I mean, some people like some people on Goodreads hated it, but I'm not those people. And I think that they should go away. (laughs) And I think that they're wrong. Some people on Goodreads two-starred book lovers and had a lot to say about it. And I'm I'm not those people either. (laughs) Some people five-starred Crescent City. Yes, they sure did. And they they have no regrets. And if they could have given book two 10 stars, they probably would. Okay. Okay. By the end of 2022, I'm finding out what those last four words of book two are. You better. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was I a mean, terrible goal. I shouldn't have said that. No. No. I'm not. I'm sorry. I was just being mean. I wouldn't really do that. It's a great okay. tonight for Nora. She's been so, horrified. I know. I wish everyone could. I Crescent City 2 just brings it out. <laughs> So which you know one what is it, better? Crescent City 1 or Crescent City 2? Two? 2. A thousand percent. 2. You're going to make me read this, aren't you? you got to keep reading. You have to. Like, we cannot continue being friends unless you read it. That's where I am. You should have mentioned that before I started this journey. If you don't I, read it, if you decide I'm just not going to read it, then I'm going to send you a couple sentences and spoil the entire thing. I mean, that would make it a lot faster. But Well... <laughs> no, do not spoil it for her. I don't want to be the only one who doesn't know. Oh, yeah. Good point. That's true. Guess what time it is. It mood is time. time. Spin Ooh. the mood wheel for Jane. All right. Ooh. I'm, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to spin it. All right. It landed on Thriller Mystery. Excellent. Aww. Always in the mood for that. Not cool. <laughs> Now I feel like our mood wheel is no. bogus because it the landed on that for me. The mood wheel has spoken. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Seems a little biased. Who gave us the link for that mood wheel? Right. Was it Jane? Are you questioning the gods? I want to see what happens if I spin it again. Okay. Well, it went to what something else. Excellent. What was the second thing it went to? Graphic novel. <laughs> I think I only have uh, Laura Olympus on there. You actually have three Ooh. on your TBR. Laura Olympus, Heartstopper, and Heartstopper. Heartstopper. Yeah, that's the name of it. It's not Heartbreakers? No, you even have it written on your TBR, Heartstopper. 
that doesn't mean that I put the correct word. It's Heartstopper. And right? it probably is. I don't know. In my brain, it is Heartbreakers. But and you also have my friend Dahmer on that. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. That one is Okay, so under Thriller Mystery, we have Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead. Wow, that's like right? the best title I've ever heard. I think so, too. Nine Perfect Strangers, Into the Drowning Deep, Bone Black, State of Terror, and Big Little Lies. I will say Into the Drowning Deep involves the deep sea and mermaids, just in case that sways anyone's opinion, but not like aerial mermaids. Mm. But you can choose what you want. I'm just in case you are unaware of. I mean, I'm I'm very interested in this plowing book. That's yeah. So I'm in between two, the plowing book and State of Terror, <laughs> only because Hillary Clinton wrote it. Mm-hmm. And so I just need to know oh. what, what went down with that. Like, yeah, whether, no. whether it's, like, awful or good. <laughs> it, her with Louise Tenney, and the last time I saw it, like, on Goodreads, it actually had, like, a pretty high score. Okay. I don't know who these people are that have um, reviewed it. And I also don't think I've ever read any Louise Tenney, but she's a pretty prolific thriller writer, I believe. Mm. So Okay, so, Emily, what do you think? Do you think... Uh, the Farming Book. Okay, the that's plow. what I want to. Drive your plow over the bones of the dead. That's yes. the one. Oh, I'm excited. I bought that one based purely on the title. And then um, it was some sort of award winner, like one of those biggie literary award winners. So that plus the title of it. Fancy. Yeah. You guys know me. I literally, I titled that one. Clearly. Yeah. So I'm excited. What a great excuse to read it. Well, speaking of great excuses to read, I have not touched Mexican Gothic. Yay! It is still <laughs> on my shelf because I have been reading, just got back from the beach, I've been reading, like, summery beach books. While we are moving solidly into autumn, all of social media agrees that we're here already. Yeah, uh, it is August. One of, one of my real-life friends literally decorated her house for fall already. Oh. She posted it on her Instagram. So, like, we're in fall, we're in Mexican Gothic territory is what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm i about to finish a summary book, and then I think I'm going to get into more fall vibes. I said that when I got back from the beach, it was going to be fall, because I'm done. I'm done with summer now. It's I over. Am... It's officially over. It's fall. It's August 1st. I've sweated through this entire podcast, so <laughs> I, too, am done with summer. The people who love summer are terrible people. Incorrect. They are yeah. incorrect people. Okay, well, I do love summer, but I get to a point after my birthday that I'm just done. What's the point? Leo is like, what's the point now? We're done. (laughs) My birthday has come and gone. My birthday has come and gone. Move on. Thank you, next. All right. Perfect. Okay, so that was our podcast. I don't know how to end this. All right, so I guess check us out where, I don't know, I don't know how to do this. Give us a listen, comment, subscribe to our podcast. Only, that's not fair. Uh, (laughs) Check out our Instagram at mood.readers.podcast. Yes, says the one who does most of the Instagram running. Um, (laughs) And so we will see you next time. This is Nora and see you guys later. Jane, Emily, and Nora would like to thank Benji for the theme music. Follow at Mood Readers Podcast on Instagram and let us know if you've read any of the books we covered. 
We'll talk to you again at the next book club.